Hi everyone, I'm April. And I'm Christine. Before we get started, we wanted to warn you that the following content contains adult language, activities, and violence, and may not be suitable for young listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Southern Discomfort. This is one of the most unique podcasts on the internet. Southern tales of the weird, wild, mysterious, unusual, voodoo, Voodoo. cryptids, hauntings. Are you intrigued yet? This is Southern Discomfort. Southern Discomfort. And now, your hosts, April and Christine. everybody welcome back hello we're back did you miss us we missed y'all we did it feels like it went that long ago it feels like it was just like just like that just like that <laughs> all right are we ready for another one another tale of the we're um, ready of um of discomfort tales of discomfort so my Drink du jour is Cake by the Ocean. And this one, oh, okay, it's a funny story, real quick, before I even tell you what it is, because it's pretty yummy. Um, my teenagers had to tell me, <laughs> like, like the song, Cake by the Ocean, they had to tell me what that meant, like what that refers to. Because <laughs> I guess I was just <laughs> singing along, thinking they were just eating cake. yep that's what they're doing then i got embarrassed because i realized i didn't know what that was but that's that's this generation's sex on the beach basically basically yeah it's funny that i didn't know that but so cake by the ocean this drink is made with cake flavored vodka and um malibu rum Pineapple juice, orange juice, and then you can garnish it with a pineapple wedge and a cherry. And I, for fun, I put icing, vanilla icing on the top, uh, rim the glass with, with the top of vanilla icing, and then um, then put some sprinkles, some candy sprinkles on the top. So this is, um, well, okay, and also I had to substitute because I couldn't find cake flavor vodka. So I used whipped cream flavor vodka and um vanilla equal parts you couldn't even find king cake flavored i couldn't even find that i couldn't um we went to about three or four different stores and i said i'm not gonna drive around all day looking for this this is silly but um i did see um after we had chosen to sub the vanilla and the whipped cream vodkas saw where that whipped cream vodka uh, online, I saw where they had described whipped cream vodka tasting a lot like the cake flavor vodka. Only the cake flavor vodka had more of a um, tangier yellow cake flavor. So I did yeah. put a little dash of almond, um, the almond extract to kind of make it more like a cake. So and this is a super cute drink too. So you've got to post a picture of that. Oh, well, it was fun. It was fun to product. make. But, uh, warning, it's super, super, 
super duper sweet. So they go down very easy, but it's um, once if you drink too much, it's too late. <laughs> Don't tell like it's too, but they're they're really they're good. But it's but do you think about it? It's all sweet and sugary. All even the 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 liquor. You know, it just sounds to me like a hangover from hell in the making. <laughs> it is. It is. And the, the reason why I picked this drink is because this story takes place in Port Ritchie, Florida, near the beach. And it's very sexually charged. So, yeah. There you go. It's about two. Excellent. Right. right. Excellent choice. Yes. Cake by the ocean. There it is. I'll put the uh, recipe in the show notes as well. So, this story is about two porn star lovers, a U.S. Marine and a wife and mother turned porn star that senselessly kill a tattoo shop owner just for the fuck of it. Like, literally. Literally, Sport yeah. Sport killing. Yes, yeah. So, I was actually going to go in a different direction. I was going to, I was looking up another story. And, um, and then, then I came across this one as I was researching the other one, and, and I was you know, just headlines, you know, U.S. Marine and porn stars and thrill kill. I'm like, what? Of a tattoo shop owner. I'm like, okay, let me. So then this one, like, took all of my attention at that point. I was like, <laughs> we were talking about ADD earlier. I was like, look, this is, um, okay, well, maybe we'll just switch gears. And that's exactly like what I did. I was like, this is just crazy because it has all this all in one. Like bikini model, tattoo shop owner, strip clubs, uh, big fetish model, U.S. Marine, like all in one story. So I'm like, you so know. So I'm what? not familiar with Port Ritchie. What's um? This is the Tampa area. Okay, okay. So the Gulf side. Yes, and it's almost okay. If you're looking at the map, we just came back from Daytona, New Smyrna Beach area. Smyrna. We named it Smyrna. So if you were to go, look, if you look at it on the map and if you were to go across, it's actually a little bit further down, a little bit further south on the other opposite side. So what about how it's, far from? Uh, it's just north of Tampa. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're talking here. Um, and it's on the uh, Port Ritchie. Looks, I've never been there. I've only been to um, been to Sarasota, been to Bradenton, and that, th- these are a little bit further south. And then I, that's where Siesta Key is. is I couldn't uh, think of the name Siesta Key, but I, when you said it was near Tampa, that's the first thought I had. Yeah, so that's that's in the general vicinity. So let me introduce you to the psychopaths, okay? So Jason Andrews uh, found where. Um, one account said he was from Kansas, but also found on his IMDb that he was born in Tennessee. So uh, maybe it's that he was born in Tennessee and grew up in Kansas. I'm not sure. So there's that. But um, accounts do say that he had nice and normal parents, which, you know, what does that mean? I don't know. But nice, it, normal parents. That would have been nice. No, I'm right, just we have one, so yeah, that's a win. That's all you can hope for, right? So he, he was a legal clerk in the U.S. Marine Corps. And as my husband would say, he was a pogue, which is person other than grunt. 
And so he divorced. He was divorced with a kid, but he left that family life behind to become a DJ in Chicago. Okay, but can we talk about Pogue? Because that doesn't sound great. What, Pogue? Person other than Grunt. Right. Well, so I'm, my husband is Marine. And so that's why I went to him. Which is why, you know, when that uh, stood out, I'm like, okay, U.S. Marine turned thrill kill or throw killer. I was like, let me look into a little bit more to this. So, um, yeah, that's what he, he, well, not just him, but him and all his Marine Corps buddies referred to people other than grunts, person other than grunt as pogues, because he said, I didn't join the Marine Corps just to like push a pencil. Well, you know, true. So. But some people do. And that's, you know, and that is, that is what it is, as they say. So, he moved to Chicago and became a DJ. You know, left family life behind. But his DJ name was DJ Veritas. And it's pretty hilarious when you hear that all he did there was tell lies. He told lies about himself. He faked a British accent and convinced people in Chicago that he was British. And he told people that he was special forces, that he was a Israeli special forces. Um, he lied about being Marine Corps Force Recon. Yeah, this guy was all about some lies. So I bet he didn't clear an embassy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite sure he didn't. Right. But you know, side note, me and one of my best friends, who you know super well, when we would go out, like, it wasn't, it was like, college community college days we would like fake accents and tell people we were like that we had different names like we would we would give them fake names <laughs> and we would speak with a terrible accent <laughs> if they were like ugly and you know but what kind of accent did y'all fake i mean we would try british but it, you know obviously i have a thick southern accent so I can assure you it came out horrifically. (laughs) We would make up names and we would make up like, oh, we're, you know, my friends. and (laughs) We would make up like professions and where we were from just to mess with people. But anyway, that's hilarious. I never did that. That's too funny, though. But but you didn't try to convince everybody in the place. Like that was like a... A night or two, right? Like here and oh, there. Oh, no, we were just totally messing with people. We were not doing it to, like, to try to convince people that we were somebody we weren't. That was just, like, for shits and giggles. Right. <laughs> so, so I asked my husband if he, <laughs> I said, did he clear an embassy? And he goes, he most certainly did not. <laughs> he most certainly did not. <laughs> And the reason why, this is so funny, we've said this before, is because uh, my husband did clear an embassy, and that's what that's his go-to phrase. If you're like, oh, look at this. Like, okay, for, real quick, a little side note. I love the Blue Angels. And I, for my birthday that one year, a couple years ago, that's what I um, wanted to do. So I asked that we all, as a family, go see the Blue Angels. And so... I was the only one that had a great time. It was April. It was actually on the um, the Joint Air Force Base, or not Joint, the Joint um, Military Base in New Orleans. 
And it was there all day, wide open, of course, because you're in this this big airfield, you know, and it's just no shade. It was hot. And they had a miserable time, except for when the Blue Angels took to the skies. You know, everybody's on their feet. So (laughs) I said. The buildup was horrible. Oh, my God. And they still talk about it to this day. They they absolutely hated that day. So anyway, they uh, when they, everybody's on their feet and they're watching. I look at him and I say, Look at that. That's so impressive, right? And he's like, I said, that. oh, you think that's easy? And he said, well, not as easy as clearing an embassy. <laughs> that's, that's, always, that's like the running joke. Like, there's nothing that compares to that. So, that's him. But and did they clear an embassy? Yeah, exactly. Is the catchphrase. Right. Could be a drinking game. So, in addition to lying... As a DJ, he was also a porn star. Not my husband. We're back talking about Andrews again. So, <laughs> right, not my brother-in-law. <laughs> right, <laughs> clear to embassy porn star. Okay, yes. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that right. up. <laughs> and he, so he would film regular and gay porn. He claimed he was gay for pay, and evidently this is a phrase in the industry. I didn't, I didn't know this, but if it, the um, gay porn pays significantly more than regular porn, so that there's that. And then um, his porn name was Addison, so he went by Addison in porn, his porn movies. So he met Amanda Logue on the set of Natural Porn Killers. And there's some, right, right, can can you say this with a straight face? But there's some foreshadowing right there. Mm -hmm. Right. So Amanda Logue, she was 28, a mother and a wife. Like I said before, she left this family life behind to also become a porn star. And she was a fetish and a bikini model as well. Her porn name was Sunny Day. That's Sunny Day D A E, the well-known Dutch author. <laughs> oh my god! That's, that's for my Monty Python fans out there. So I totally was quizzing my husband on this earlier today. I was like, "Hey, do you know who Sunny Day is?" And he's like, "No." Oh, you were gonna try to because I was trying to see if she was like well-known in any All thing right. he'd seen. <laughs> you trying to catch him? You so yep. You were trying to a gotcha moment. I I hear you. And they would have sex on and off the screen, the screen, the the screen. <laughs> there we the go. Screen. Right. They would have sex on and off the screen, and they became inseparable. They were also described as a beautiful couple. I saw pictures online. I don't know if you went and looked at these, but that's a very generous compliment, I would say. I did, and I was like, eh, I must oh, be missing I something. I don't I don't know. Um, that's not how I would describe her. But, you know, also no hindsight to, like, I don't know if that's clouding my judgment. But I asked my husband also, I was showing him pictures. I was like, would you say that she was beautiful? And he said um, that she was a 159. And I was like. What does that mean? Right. I was, I thought you would know this because you knew my trivia question last time. But I said, what is a 159? And he said, 
She's a 159 because that's the last one left at the bar before it closes at two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's, I've never heard of that before. But, and he just looks crazy. Like he has crazy face to me. He does have crazy face. (laughs) Such crazy face. He doesn't even have that great of a body. You think porn star, you're like, yeah, well, that's that put pretty high expectations as well. So that maybe that's why. But when they see, say- that's what I said to to my husband. I was like, okay, so are they, are they like, uh, be porn actors? Because mm-hmm. I feel like you probably would have hurt. Okay, so like you know the big name, yeah, porn stars, right. Those are probably considered A-list. Well, these guys are, are couple. This couple is clearly like B-list or less. Yeah, yeah. B might even. I be. mean, because I'm amazing <laughs> and I can talk, but I'm just saying. Well, if when you when you find out what they did, like it's very hard to give them any kind of compliment. I found, but. Uh, but I really am going by the pictures on the internet. Maybe there's some out there that I haven't seen and, you know, I'm wrong, you know. Um, and I'm not just talking about the mugshots. Those always look, make people look crazy, but there's some other the ones out pictures. there. Like, I first yeah. thought, like, my first thought was drugs. Like, oh, these are drug uh, riddled couple. I never found anything that said drugs, but the their lifestyle makes me think that, Yes, they were involved, but you know, I I didn't see anything that said that. But um, after I didn't even see their mugshots. Come to think of it, oh, uh, they're they're kind of crazy. They're out there. After filming Natural Porn Killers, they moved to Tampa, Florida, to film their own movies for money. And Amanda Logue, aka Sunny Day, she would answer Craigslist ads for sex and other acts for money. So along with um, being a porn star and a fetish and bikini model, she was also um, answering ads at Craigslist uh, for prostitution and, and, you know, any other thing like that that would make her money. And then Dennis Scooter Abrahamson, he would place ads on Craigslist for girls to massage him and do other things for pay. And Logue had responded to many of his ads um, many times to massage him and do these other things. Um, Scooter was a 41... Massage? Yes, massage. Scooter was a 41-year-old tattoo shop owner. He also had a towing company, and he was a biker. But they just described him as a big guy. He's just a big, lovable, fun guy who just loved women. He loved going to strip clubs. He loved having them come over and massage him. And, yeah, he was just a big teddy bear woman lover. And then in the early hours of May 15th, 2010, this was in Newport, Ritchie, Florida. Like I said, this was just north of Tampa. Logue sent Scooter a text while he was at a strip club with his friends. So she's asking on his... On the text, she said, what, asked him what he was up to, that she basically she was in the mood, although she she was much more crass than that. So, uh, right. <laughs> I was kind of she was DTF. 
Yeah. Yes. Basically, I just kind of all of a sudden got like a little stage fright because I know my mom listens. To, <laughs> mom listens to this podcast. Sorry, she mom. doesn't know what DTF means though. We're good, right? But I also didn't want to say what she said. But anyway, just know she was in the moon. <laughs> I'm in the mood. Right. Scooter and his friends were married, were a married couple, Lisa and Maynard Benzcheedle. They all leave the strip club and they go back to Scooter's house and they wait for Lode to show up. And the couple was in the hot tub and Scooter was in his house when she shows up and she immediately walks over to where the couple was in the hot tub and strips down. And then she propositions Lisa, and then, so Lisa and her husband get out of the hot tub, and they go straight to the pool. They just kind of get away from her, because they're like, what the fuck, crazy bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know you DTF, but, like, we're kind of doing our own <laughs> thing right here. <laughs> so, Scooter comes out of the house, and they they start having sex in the hot tub. So, Scooter and... Logue, that is. And so Lisa and Maynard, they're in the swimming pool, but they notice that they look over and they see they see Logan and Scooter having sex, and she is on her phone. Like, she's just constantly on her phone. So much so that they thought that was strange. Like they're just like, what is she doing? Like, what she could be, she could be, like, in this intense conversation with someone else while she's like like they're doing their thing so they she puts her phone down and goes in the house and Maynard even commented to Lisa that he wanted to look through her phone because he's like that was just weird like what was going on I just really want to see who she was talking to and what she was saying so then Lisa talks him out of it she's like no that's it her private that's her phone and you know just don't go through her things and so, um, what we get into next will make you um, understand why they regret that to this day. Mm. Because um, what what she was doing was she was texting her lover the entire time. She was texting Andrew. And he was actually in his car in front of the house. But nobody knew that except for Luke. She knew that. Because she's texting him. And so what, what he was doing was he was waiting for the couple, the married couple, his friends, to leave. And so um, he, but Andrews was texting her back. He, he was saying, look for a knife and get him all relaxed. Yeah. So talking about <laughs> get Scooter all relaxed. So around 530, the couple will finally leave. And... Logue has Scooter inside on his massage table, lying face down, right, because she's getting him relaxed. And then Andrew comes in with a sledgehammer and starts bashing Scooter's head in over and over and over. And then he gets two knives, and then he starts stabbing him repeatedly. So Andrews and Logue, they put the sledgehammer, the knives, and Scooter's cell phone in a hamper. They take $6,000 in cash, a credit card, laptop, video cameras, and they leave. And then later that day, 
um, his friend Maynard comes back over to his house, and he knocks on the door, and there's no answer. So then he starts beating on the door, and no answer. Then he said he is screaming his name out. He's honking his horn in his car, and still nothing. So he calls... He he calls over his cousin, a scooter's cousin, to come in and look inside. They find find him lying face down on his massage table, blood everywhere, blood on the ceiling, bloods on the mantle. Like it's just a big blood bath in there. There's blood absolutely everywhere. And so detectives, they find his cell phone. They find the sledgehammer. They find the knives and the hamper. They send all the weapons out for testing, and then they go through Scooter's phone. Lisa and Maynard, they tell the detectives that the porn star by the name Sunny Day had been there earlier with them, and that's when they left, when, you know, he was still alive when he left. But that was the only name that they knew her as. Um, so the te- detectives, when they're going through his phone, they don't see a Sunny Day. They don't have her real name. Right. They don't have a real name. So then they do background checks on the people on the phone list, and they learn that days after the murder, Andrew's name is in Scooter's phone, which which I found was weird. They don't really explain that. But they have Jason Andrew's name in Scooter's phone, but he's the only one that they go through his phone list and they don't make contact with. And then um, they do background checks on the people on the phone list, and they learn that days after the murder... Andrews and Logue were picked up for shoplifting at Beals for stealing $67 worth of clothing. Geniuses. Mm, so we do uh, murder, like violent, bludgeoning murder, and we steal $6,000 in a credit card, and we go, and then we shoplift $67 worth of items at Beals. Okay. Oh, geniuses. They're geniuses, right? But then those are, you know, the stupid criminals that get caught. And thank goodness that they do. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Is right. Just just pure genius. So detectives interview both of them in jail, and Logue tells them that she only went to Scooter's house to massage him, but she learned about his death when she saw it on the news. And then they search her car. And they find the missing laptop, they find the cameras, they find both of their cell phones. And they thought they were going to be slick because they took the SIM card out of their phones and they thought they weren't going to get caught that way. So, right. Like I said, geniuses. Um, Police had forensics collect the text message information on their phones. And they didn't, but they didn't have enough evidence at that time to keep them. And so when they were released from jail, they went their separate ways. She calls her husband, who she's still married and still has, you know, her kid, and they're living in Georgia. So she calls him up and he that evening and he comes and picks her up. Picks her up, takes her back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Andrews goes to Fort Lauderdale because bef- earlier, um, in the, the days before, certainly days before the murder, he had um, made gay porn there. And so he went back there to do the same thing to make money. Then the DNA evidence came back. And this time it came back with Andrew's DNA found on all of the weapons. So this puts him at the scene where before the detectives didn't even know that he was even at the no, scene. No, he was there. Right. So they go and they interview Logue in Georgia 
where she tells them that all she wanted to do was massage Scooter. Jason busts in in a jealous rage and attacks Scooter. And she said Andrew grabs her by the hair and pulls her over to him. And he says that if she ever tells anyone what he just what he did, then he would do the same to her. And he would kill her, her daughter. He would burn her dad's house down with her, with him in it. And she said she was sick. She wanted to throw up. And he just made her watch him uh, murder Scooter. While they were interviewing Logue, they get the call that the text messages were recovered. Logue texts Andrews how she can't wait to murder Scooter. And the whole time, Andrews was telling Logue that, quote, I'm so glad you're committed to this take. Keep eyes for a knife, etc. you badass. And she texts him back, I'm fucking excited. I'm going to fuck after we kill him. Uh-huh. Yeah, so all this back and forth while she's having sex with Scooter in the hot tub. This is right. where, yes. So while he was, and he was waiting outside in front of the house in the car. So she's all charged up and excited about killing Scooter. And he says, wicked. Just get him relaxed and face down. Take your time. Either bash him or tell me to get in and where to go. So she texts back to get ready. She's looking for a weapon to bash him with. So after they kill him, they go back to Tampa and they have sex. They watch a movie and they eat popcorn. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like just another day. That's what I said earlier. Like this is a senseless thrill kill. Like, just for the fuck of it. Um, They caught up with Andrews working at an upscale cigar bar in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. So they're both charged with first-degree murder. And Andrews confessed, and then he, he, in his confession, you can find this online, that he was giving it in such great detail, like it sounded like he was enjoying it all over again. Because he said things like he could hear his skull and feel it physically crush when he was hitting it with the sledgehammer. And he described how he hit him like so hard and forceful over and over and described how each time when he'd hit him that the hammer would get lost inside his skull. Well, he's describing it like it's, satiating him yes satiating something in him yes that is a special kind of sick very much so and the thing about it is if you listen to other people confess and their confessions because i've said this before that many times people who confess to a murder they can't actually describe the the point of when they murdered them they, they'll usually say things like, typically they'll say, I blacked out and I don't know, or the gun went off or whatever. And I, this guy was describing in very vivid detail the account. I mean, so much so where he's describing how it felt. And how it sounded. Right. Wow. Uh-uh. Right. I mean, he, he said he could hear, he could feel the physical crushing of Scooter's head on the, the back of his skull. And how he, he said he struck him repeatedly 15 to 20 times 
each time with greater deal of force. And then he just sat back and he stared at him for about 10 to 20 minutes. And then he described how he was twitching. Like he just continues to give these very vivid details. Then um, he found... Where was she in all of this? Like was she just watching? Yes. That's what she said. She was um, there that she had you know, helped him, helped him get relaxed and... Um, but that she didn't actually physically take place in all this. And then even when they get to trial, he, she turns on him, and he never, ever, even though he knew that she turned on him, he never said anything about her doing any of this physical, the actual physical murder. Because so, it's like she incited it almost. Well, yeah, because she's the one who, who reached out and texted him while um, Scooter while he was at the strip club, and then he waited for her, and then, you know, she has sex with him in the hot tub while she's texting Andrews, letting him know, you know, oh, I can't wait for you to do this, you know, this is going to be great, you know, I'm so excited, we'll have sex afterwards, you know, all those things, and then she's the one who makes it happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the motive is... Just for the thrill. Yes, this was a a senseless thrill kill. So, May 21st, 2012, Logue pleads guilty of murder in the second degree, and in, in exchange for her testimony against Andrews, she received a lesser sentence of 40 years. So, she's um, serving out 40 years in the Florida penal system, and then Andrews pled guilty to first-degree murder, and he's serving life sentence without parole in Columbia Correctional Institution in Florida. That's the story of the porn killer senseless thrill kill in Florida. So um, thank you guys for listening. And if you like what you hear, please be sure to give us a five-star rating wherever you rate your podcasts. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Southern Discomfort with April and Christine. As you can tell, this is one of the most unique podcasts on the internet. So we want you to be able to reach out to us. Send emails to Southern Discomfort Podcast at gmail.com. On Facebook at Southern Discomfort Podcast. And on Instagram at Southern Discomfort PC. And for shows, visit Southern Discomfort.podbean.com. And this podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. Till next time, keep one eye open because you never know what you might see. This is Southern Discomfort signing off.